Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This is episode 20. And 20 weeks ago, when I started this podcast, I made a list of dream guests. Guests that would be the epitome of the Like a Bigfoot philosophies, attitudes, guests who have gone on insane adventures, done maybe like the craziest endurance challenges, and honestly, just people that I really, really wanted to speak to and share their stories. And I am so honored today because today's guest was at the very top of that dream guest list. Today, we are talking to the Iron Cowboy, James Lawrence. And if you haven't heard of the Iron Cowboy, then you guys missed out on my favorite story of the entire year in 2015. You see, James had a teeny tiny goal of completing 50 Ironmans in all 50 states in 50 continuous days. And I remember every morning of 2015, I would check Instagram and at six or seven in the morning, he would already be in the pool starting to swim. I'd get back on Instagram, maybe like 11 o'clock at night, he'd be just wrapping up the run every single day. And there were some days during the summer of 2015, I wanted to skip a workout. Or I was like, you know what, I'll cut it a little short. And I would think about the Iron Cowboy, and it just was completely inspiring because if this man could do 50 Ironmans in 50 states in 50 days, then surely I can go to the gym for 45 minutes, or I can go on my six-mile trail run. I heard about him on the Rich Roll podcast, and he did an interview uh, probably like a month before the event, and if you haven't checked that out, you should check that out immediately. And I remember listening to it with a giant smile on my face because this was a man who set an audacious, insane goal and was going after it and completely, truly believed 200% that he was going to finish that goal when basically everyone else in the world didn't think it was possible. And after hearing him on the Rich Roll podcast, I decided that I wanted to witness history being made. And so day 24 for James was in North Carolina. I drove down and ran the entire marathon with James and probably 15 other people during that event. And I'm going to be completely honest telling you that was the easiest marathon I ever ran because you had no excuses. If you felt tired at all, or if you were like, my feet hurt, or like the normal complaints you would usually have during a marathon, all you had to do is turn to your left and see the Iron Cowboy day 24 of an Iron Man, which is like a lifetime achievement goal for most people. He's on number 24. He's still moving forward. That means you had no reason to complain at all. And I remember after meeting James, I was just so unbelievably impressed with his mindset. 
when I was driving down there, I wasn't 100% sure he was going to be able to complete it, just like everybody else. But as soon as I met him, he set my mind at ease. Right away, it was obvious. This guy is going all 50 days. He's going to show up in Utah, day 50. He's going to finish that Ironman, and he's going to complete this challenge. It was obvious. And I came home, and I remember even telling my wife, there's no doubt he's doing this. Unless some freak accident happens, which thank God it didn't. So needless to say, he completed the event. And even more impressive, he did it with his wife and his five kids coming with him to every single state and every single event. It's unbelievable. It's the most inspiring endurance story I've ever heard of, especially self-inflicted endurance. (laughs) Like, he chose to do this. He chose to keep going every step of the way. And it almost brings tears to my eyes thinking how inspiring this is. So I am so honored to actually be able to speak with him and share a conversation where we really delve into his mindset, his workout philosophies, uh, some highs and lows from the 50-50-50, and really figure out kind of what drives him. Oh yeah, he also shares some insane events that he has planned for 2017. I don't want to ruin it, but it involves doing something no one else has done before. And it's epic. And I usually don't like to use the word epic, but this is straight up epic. So you can follow James's adventures on Facebook. Uh, his Facebook group is Iron Cowboy. Or his website, www.ironcowboy.co. You can even hire James's team and James as your coach, whether you're interested in a 5K all the way up to an Ironman, uh, at www.teamironcowboy.com. And finally, you can follow him on Instagram. He's pretty active on it, uh, at ironcowboyjames. If you finish this episode and you really dig James's story, I would suggest checking out episode number 12 of the Like a Bigfoot podcast with Cameron Dorn. Um, As both of these athletes are really the type of people who set these audacious goals and they've developed the toughness to be able to achieve them. James with the 50-50-50 and Cameron with setting the world record for the most burpees in 24 hours. So you could pair these two together and come away with some big inspiration to do do your own audacious goal, whatever that may be. Also, stick around for the outro to this podcast, and I'm going to explain something. A new movement called Do Something You Hate Tuesdays. And it's going to tie in with James's philosophies of hard work and developing that mental toughness. All right, everybody. I'm so excited. Welcome the Iron Cowboy, James Lawrence. All right, James, I am so unbelievably honored to have you on the podcast today. Um, I heard about your journey, like most people did, on Rich Roll's podcast uh, before you did the 50-50-50. And I decided I'm a I'm a teacher, so I had the whole summer off, 
And so I was in Virginia, and I decided wherever you came, like whichever one was closer, North Carolina or Virginia, I was going to join you for the marathon. And uh, yeah. I drove down. It was day 24. And quite honestly, like driving down there, I was like, I don't know if he's going to be able to do this. And then as soon as I met you, I it, you instantly just put me at ease like, oh, yeah, this dude's doing this whole thing. <laughs> Like nothing's getting in his way. Well, dude, that that was really cool that you got to uh, to witness North Carolina. That was a that was a great day for us. Uh, Izzy Justice did did a fantastic job, and the people that he brought together. Did you did you bike at all with us, or did you just run? I didn't. I just uh, did the running portion. Yeah, I actually got into a bit of bit of trouble on the on the on the bike. Um, it was a it was a moment when my uh, tendonitis behind my leg and one of my knees just flared up really really bad. I was started to suffer the day before in South Carolina, and then wasn't sure if it was gonna get any worse in North Carolina. And then I just really, you know, I had to pull off on a section in North Carolina and and ultimately just kind of figure out a way to get through it. Um, and then once I started running, it started to feel better. But there's a lot of fun that course in North Carolina. The loops in the dark around that park, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I every, everything kind of blends together. I don't remember specific specific details of, of who was there, and <coughs> excuse me, obviously don't remember a lot of conversations I had. But that's that's cool, man. Thanks for coming out and supporting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was that one of the bigger events? Yeah, it was really cool. I remember. Um, it was our. It was. It was the biggest one to that point. Okay. Um, we we had some bigger ones later in the campaign, but in the first twenty four, it was definitely the biggest one. And I remember um, having done the bike ride. We had 80, 80 strong um, on the bike ride. That's a lot of cyclists. <laughs> and it was just it was just super cool to have that many guys out on the road and to have that kind of support. I mean, it, if I'm remembering right, it was on a Monday too, and. Um, you know, to get that many people to come out on a work day and, and to support what we were doing was just so humbling for me and, and really a cool experience. And then, you know, I, we did, the, we did the, the beginning part of my run at Podium Sports, and then I ran from Podium over to where we had the 5K staged. Um, and, and I remember running around the corner, and that one, the alleyway or the big chute that everyone was kind of gathered in, um, were, were you there at that point, or were you? Yeah, I did the whole uh, the whole run with you. Okay, so I remember kind of coming around the corner and into where the motorhome was staged, and we had the banners up, and there was just a hundred tons of people, and I was just like, "Holy crap! This is what you know. This is what I envisioned it in my mind, you know, for so many years." And and so it was just really cool, and that was that was the first time on the journey when I was like, "Okay, this is." This is taking on a mind of its own, and and things are so it was really cool. North Carolina is definitely one of my most memorable of the of the 50 day 24 is a definite standout. So you got to experience one of the one of the cool days. So yeah, thanks for coming out to that. Yeah, it was great. So I I remember we finished at like one in the morning, and yep. we I I ended up driving back to my house. So it was like three hour drive. And I woke up the next morning at like oh, 7 a.m. and I was so sore 
just couldn't even move. And I turned on Instagram, and you were already in the water in Virginia. And to, to, to look at my phone every day early in the morning and to see you in the water getting ready for your swim really put me at yeah. awe of what humans are capable of. Yeah, well, well th- yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, as, as time goes and more people hear about the experience, um, if people that are new to hearing that I did 50 Ironmans in 50 days, you know, there's disbelief. Uh, but, but what's super interesting is they know the story and they know the surface details. Yeah. Um, but unless you unless you were like around at the time and follow the journey or know the intimate details of it, it's like, yeah, you did that, but you really don't know what it took and what we what we went through as a team and the, the mental aspect to it. I mean, because at a certain point, it just the physical part was was what it was. I mean, it was a physical grind and I had to learn to deal with something new every day. Um something different but that, that was always good news if it was if i wasn't dealing with the same thing after you know a three-day period that was really good news it just meant my body learned how to heal that adapt to it change it and if i was dealing with something new that was great because if it turned out to be chronic or something that was longer than a week yeah. then, then we knew we had you know bigger issues on our hands and that was the case with with my shoulder that became a, an issue from day five all the way through 50. What, um, yeah. Was that so? I just wanted to quick and not really recap the event, but just recap uh, a high point and a low point. Uh, just real quick for listeners that may not know what, what I did. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to put I, that in the I, intro, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. So, so just, just real quick an Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride followed by a standard 26.2 mile marathon run. And that's called an Ironman. It's a total of 140.6 miles. Um, and I set out on a personal journey to to do, cover the distance, um, 50 consecutive days, one in every state. Um, and, and we did this to try to raise money and awareness for childhood obesity. Um, and we ran into some incredible adversity and, and incredible challenges. There were some massive highs and some massive lows. And our journey started in Hawaii on June 6, 2015, and ultimately we did 50 consecutive Ironmans um, in 50 days through 50 states and ended in Utah on July 25th, 2015. So that's kind of like the, the Cliff Notes yeah. <laughs> uh, ver- version of, of what we did. And there was a million crazy, uncontrollable, fun, adventurous things that happened between, you know, during those 50 days. Um, and so your question is, what kind of were some, what was the high and what was the low? Just any high point and any low point. Uh, so the, the, you know, one of the lowest points for me was just, it, you know, and this is a two-sided coin because one of the low points was, you know, the, the way that uh, the heavy criticism that we received for 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 what we were doing and how we were doing it and, and just, just the haters, the haters going to hate. And, and it was just really hard for us as a, a crew because we were trying to do things and trying to survive and trying to raise money for childhood obesity. And it was just, it's just hard to take when, when individuals come after you. Um, but then on the exact flip side of that coin, it was so amazing and it was such a high, the way that people came out, supported us, rallied behind us and really believed in what I was doing. Because when we started, nobody believed 
it was possible. I mean, we did that ritual podcast, and uh, and I had I had a guy, uh, I, local company that I reached out for sponsorship to help out, um, and obviously he said no, and uh, because it, and pretty much everybody did, um, and and I, I come to find out later in a conversation that I had with him after I was successful, and he said he said I hate to admit it now, but when you originally came to us i was actually embarrassed for you that you announced that you were going to attempt this um and, you know and i and i it was just overwhelming the people that thought we, we could do it and so a definite low was the amount of you know non-believers um haters for the way that we we did things or tried to execute and, and really you can't you know I've, I've learned that you definitely can't judge a person unless you're trying to do what they're doing or are really in their shoes um, and then that flip side, the super high, the super positive was um, how many people did end up coming around and and supporting us in such a big way. I mean, you witnessed it in, in North Carolina, um, just super cool. Um, big crowds came out, tons of support, lots of energy. Uh, I mean, we couldn't have asked for anything more. And then we just picked up momentum from North Carolina on. So the back half of it was was spectacular. Uh, definitely mind-blowing for us. Yeah. Um, if I was to pick, if I was to pick like a a low section on the journey, um, it, it was definitely uh, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, so that's going to be Kentucky, Tennessee, and uh, Mississippi. Yeah. Um... Um, we we ran we ran into some crazy weather. Um, I crashed on my bike. Uh, we got pushed indoors. Uh, we made some decisions as a team to do things a certain way, and, and got like just, just beat up. And and my my body was broken, and I was trying to figure out how to survive. And we were just doing everything we could to keep the camp campaign going, because the end goal was to to raise money for childhood obesity. And and I'm super proud of how we handled things and how the crew handled things. And there was just a ton of adversity there. Um, and, and I was still trying to figure out how to do, I mean, even 18, 19 days into the campaign, I'm still trying to figure out how to do an Ironman every single day and to manage the pain and to manage the mental side of things and the fundraising and the crew and the expectations. And I mean, there's just so much that goes into a, 50, a two months long <laughs> journey that, that people don't that people don't understand and the compounding effect <clears throat> that goes into something like it. Um, it was just really challenging. I mean, I mean, imagine doing, imagine doing 17 consecutive Ironmans, um, through 17 states successfully. And then, um, mile 30 on day 18, when it's 106 degrees in Tennessee, um, you finally lose the, the battle with, with extreme fatigue, fall asleep on your bike, crash, make the decision to get back on your bike, bike 80 more miles, run the marathon that night, drive through the night um, and not sleep because you've lost all your toenails and the nerve endings are exposed and your hip is, is filled with with fluid and is and is, uh, is is inflamed. Movement would wake you up. So don't sleep that night after doing 17 Ironman, <laughs> 18 Ironmans crashing, show up, on the show up on the 19th day in Mississippi and there's extreme heat and humidity warnings where they're telling people to not go outside um, and so we make a decision to do the Ironman inside and only in that moment after you've done those things I think it's fair to uh, to voice your opinion 
on how we executed things. Yeah. Um, you said imagine what that would feel like, and I think there's yeah. probably, not probably, there's definitely 0% of people in the world that can imagine that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's just, I mean, you can you can try to imagine it and then, and then actually go out and do it, and right, if you make it to day 18 and you fall asleep and crash on your bike and then get back up and do it good for you you know yeah i can't i can't think of many people that would have even made that decision to do that so that that was you know that stretch was super hard on us it was super hard on me super hard on my crew super hard for for the people that were supporting us watching it um and then you know there was tons of highs um on that but you know the obvious one that stands out is is day 50 in in utah you know, 3,500, 4,000 people come out, um, and it was just, just the, just, just the energy and the the, the passion and the support and it, coming to the culmination of such a big goal, and um, and having the resilience uh, to to see that through and to complete it. That, that was just the the definite high. But I mean, obviously there was tons of highs and tons of support and tons of laughter and, and meaningful friendships made and, and relationships and so there's just it's a journey that, that has completely changed my life um for, for the better and I, I learned so many lessons and one that i'm grateful that i did um one that i hope to never do again but i'm grateful <laughs> i did it yeah what uh i i really want to hear about um your mindset throughout the event and and kind of like how did you develop your mental toughness because you're physically tough and that built as you went along also but what about mental how did you develop that yeah physical toughness i mean that's just uh for me it was built over time i, I grew up as a wrestler um and you know 2010 broke the world record for the most half ironmans in a year which spring springboarded into a, a campaign in 2012 where we did uh the world record for the most Ironmans in the year, 30 events through 11 countries, all official events around the world. Um, and, and so it was obvious people could see, um, if they followed my journey or, or hear about it later, how I developed and evolved to be able to even consider doing 50 Ironmans in 50 days, which, which still is, looking back on it now, is incredibly insane. Um, but, but, but that is a big question I get is the mental side of the thing because that's hard to track, that's hard to quantify. Um, one of the questions I, I, I get is, are you are you born with mental strength, or is it something that you develop? Um, and, and I think it's a healthy combination of, of both. Um, but I definitely think it's something that can be developed. I think it's like any any muscle or or system or group that we work with, um, cardiovascular system we can develop those muscular system muscular endurance, those we can develop and strengthen over time. And the mental side of the thing is, is equal, equally the same. I, I chuckle on the inside only um, when, when people contact me all the time and they, their first thing that they want to go to go to attempt to do uh, without having any track record or history of, of doing it is this massive challenger event. And it's awesome that they're wanting to do that, have been inspired to do that and, and have that desire. But they don't understand that, that it takes a long time of, of putting yourself in difficult situations and, and fine-tuning that mental skill. In 2010, 
it would have been fine to have the goal of doing 50 Ironmans in 50 days through 50 states. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been appropriate in 2010. First, I had to go do 22 half Ironman or yeah, 22 half Ironmans in 30 weeks. Um, and when I was doing the half Ironmans, it was challenging because that's where I was at physically and mentally. Looking back on it now, yeah, that's it's laugh it's laughable for me personally. Yeah. Is one Iron Man like do you look at that now and you're just kind of like, well, you know, <laughs> this is just a walk in the park. Well, and again, it's all, it's all perspective. Is it an Iron Man where I'm trying to break ten hours, or gotcha. is it an Iron Man where I'm going to do fourteen hours? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's there's a huge difference. I to me personally, an Iron Man of fourteen hours that that's that's a walk in the park. I could go do that uh, on a whim, but to go to try to break ten hours, that's a different kind of challenge. That's a different kind of preparation. Yeah. Um, so no, it, the, the the distance completely demands respect and um, preparation for an Iron Man, whatever time frame you're trying to complete it in demands respect demands training demands attention but but in so in 2012 when we did the hat uh, or the fulls um you know that was really challenging in the moment now looking back somebody said do 30 falls in in one year and you can take a week or two off in between this and that and the other I'd be like oh okay you know no no big deal um but it's it's because it's it's an evolution and it's a process and and it's it's fantastic, and I encourage, and I teach, and I and I want people to have these huge goals, the scary goals, um, just just giant, enormous goals. But we need to make sure that the time frame is appropriate to achieve these goals, and that you have the right action steps in between now and the accomplishment of that goal. And and I think that's what people maybe don't respect or don't put into place is is the the value on doing a lot of little things consistently over a long period of time. And, and that's the reason that I've been able to be successful. People, people that are hearing my story now, they're just like, oh, he must be a genetic, he must be a genetic freak. He got up one day and did 50 MNs in 50 days. And, and, and the, re, the reality is I, there was a decade prior to that of, of mental preparation and physical preparation that led me to that moment where I could even think that it was possible. Yeah. Yeah. They don't see you on like a random Tuesday putting in the hard work to just prepare for the event. Yeah. Like as soon as I jump off this call, I, I have to get in uh, my second workout today. I've got to you know get in my cold garage <laughs> and uh, put on my headphones and I got to ground out, grind out a two hour bike ride. Yeah. And then I got to be up at 5.30 a.m. to meet my my training buds in the morning and we're going to do some heavy lifting. And so it's it's it's. More often than not, people aren't willing to do what it takes in order to achieve it, and they just want—they just want to be handed it, and they want to go have adventure, and they don't understand or realize that that adventure comes at great cost, great sacrifice, great work. Um, but like anything, great sacrifice on the other side of that is great reward. Yeah, yeah. So during any event, I guess, or even during training, how do you handle negative self-talk? You know, where you're like. You know, you should just quit after this rep or, you know, you don't need to do an extra mile. You already did six or whatever. Yeah. And that's where consistency and experience comes in because we learn over time by doing a lot of interval work and a lot of stuff and, and you know, different workouts that kind of stuck. Um, we learn that we're not going to die during them. <laughs> and and we also learn that sometimes in a six interval set, one and two are awful. Um 
and three could be equally as bad. And then sometimes four, five, and six actually feel great or feel better. Yeah. And and, and I, I liken it unto the 50 to where it took me till race 30 to where I got into a rhythm and a groove to where um, an, an Ironman was routine. Um, and, and so habits take long times to form. And that goes back to training the mental side of things. You have to continually do something until it becomes natural or a habit or you become an expert at it. And intervals never become easy and, and certain days are harder than others. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine here in Utah and he was like, I quit on a workout for the first time ever and I'm, I'm in a massive slump. I don't know what to do. And I said, you know, I experienced some failures in 2016 and I needed to figure out a way to re-motivate myself and get myself going. And, and I had to put certain monitors or benchmarks in place to keep me accountable because sometimes ourselves isn't enough and our minds aren't strong enough. And so I called up my two buddies, my two women, Casey and Aaron, and I said, look, we're meeting, we're meeting at 530 in the morning, every morning, and, and we're going we're gonna to do a, a lifting session. And <laughs> all three, none of us have missed yet because none of us want to be the guy that doesn't show up. So we've built in this accountability feature into our lives to that helps us get there that 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 rally you know gives us a reason reason to go and then you know so so building in certain stop losses or, or accountability features are essential especially when it's hard mentally and we're learning to to make it a, a routine or a habit I do not enjoy getting up at five thirty. <laughs> it's part of being a parent, I think, because all my yeah, workouts got... are at like that same time, super early in the morning. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> uh, but but and, and every time my alarm goes off, my first reaction is, "Oh man, I'm definitely not going today." And then I'm like, "Oh, suck." Casey or Aaron are going to be there. They expect <laughs> me to be there. Yeah. And so and so I go. And so it was one of the best things that I did was I set up an accountability. Um, aspect to what I was doing because for me I was like well I work at home I can work out whenever I want and more often than not I'd get busy into work and doing calls and doing marketing and different things and the workout would get missed and my, you know we only have a certain amount of um, willpower every day and if you use it up on, on a call or, or with kids and it's slow you know you're if your if your um, discipline bucket is full at the beginning of the day, it gets lower and lower as we do different things, and our motivation goes down and down. So the chances of us getting the workout in at the end of the day are much slimmer. Yeah. Um, and so I always make sure prioritize, um, realize that this is super important. Um, I value my my health, and this is something that I want to do. And so I, you know, mentally to get through and to even start a workout. Um, I've set up things to make me accountable. And then I've also learned over time by being consistent that I know it's not that bad. Time, what I like to talk about too is time, time's going to keep going. So let's say, for example, um, I'm on my bike and I'm going to do four sets of a six-minute interval, right? Meaning, meaning I'm going to pick up the intensity for six minutes at a time and take a little break in between each six, right? So if I do the first interval for six minutes and it sucks, um, and then I take a, let's say a three minute break, and I'm set to do the next six minute interval, if I start that interval or don't start that interval, that six minutes is gonna go by. Yeah. And so I always 
it's, it's crazy. I, I, even me, I still have that self-talk in those three minutes, in those three minutes where I'm down. I'm like, I'm always like, no, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Experience. That, that one was, one was good enough. And then that, you know, that three minutes is winding down and I'm like, oh crap, I got to start. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And then I start it and I'm like, okay, this isn't that bad. And then I just get it out and I, I, I gain a little bit of mental toughness in that six minutes. And then it's the last minute of the six minutes was awful. Yeah. But, but then, you know, but then I get into that break and I start feeling better and I'm like, well, maybe I can, maybe I can do the third one. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm just, I just have this conversation. So it's not like I'm, I'm not immune to it. And I'm just sitting there and it comes down to the last 30 seconds. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I want to. I really should. Okay. But you can, it's just six minutes. If I don't start, if I don't start the threshold, the six minutes is still going to pass. And then I'm going to feel guilty that I didn't do it. And then as, as I have this whole dialogue and then I do it anyway. And oh, that one wasn't that bad. I actually felt stronger. <laughs> My watts were higher, you know? And so you go through this whole thing. And, and so, so don't think that just cause I've been doing this and it's yeah. clear that, I mean, thresh, thresholds are hard. It's work. Um, but it comes down to just a choice and, and just working hard, putting in the work. I mean, sometimes yeah. the work is, it's not glamorous. It's being not being a little bit stubborn is always good for endurance events. I think it's a, it's, a, it's essential. It's key. <laughs> well, that's so, that's the crazy thing because what you just described, I guarantee you, anybody who ever has tried to do any workout has gone through that whole talk there. And every time that happens to me, though, I'm like, you think this would get easier? And no, from, it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. But people who don't know better, who are just like, oh, that guy's in shape. You know, he it must be easy for him. It's like no, it's not. It's it's a challenge every single day. Well, I love it because because when I'm hurting and I'm digging on the bike, it's like I'm hurting, but I know everybody else is. And in this right now, I'm going to make a decision to hurt a little bit more and a little bit longer than you, and then come race. <laughs> and then come race day, I know I'm going to be a little bit stronger, a little bit more mentally tough than you because that's when it matters. Because if you give up on a training day, you're teaching yourself to give up on a race day and you're going to have no experience to draw back on. And, and it's crazy because I'll, I always talk myself into it and I know I will. And I, but I, I don't have those conversations, but when I finished the, the fourth set of six minutes, I was like, huh, you know, that was awesome. That was a great sense of accomplishment. And I realized, oh, okay. I didn't die. And you know, oh, I got a little bit stronger. And so if that's the value and that's what people need to understand is, is that's where you grow the most as an athlete and that's where you learn that you can push limits and and break through certain barriers um it's in those moments of of training where you don't quit on it and it's, it's interesting and i and i i've never regretted a workout that i've gotten up and did and completed but every single time I've either slept in or quit on a workout, I've regretted it. Exactly. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> so I, I just have those those battles with me and it's I just I'm like, I don't wanna have that feeling of regret. I'm just gonna do one more. Yeah, yeah. What uh what's your morning routine? Because I know for me if I wake when I wake up, if I if I go directly from waking up to doing like hang cleans it's going to be very painful uh do you have like a warm-up or any sort of routine before you go to your your garage yeah so as i get as i get older i need more and more time to warm up and so um so i'll wake up and then you know i always hit the snooze a few times just to give myself a minute and talk myself into going <laughs> but i uh so i'll wake up and um i always have um just a, a, a glass of water with some electrolytes in it 
um, just to make sure I'm good there. And then I'll have either an apple or a banana and some cheese. I know it sounds bizarre, but I'll have that before I go to the gym. Um, and then I'll get to the gym about 10 to 15 minutes before my workout buddies show up. And uh, I'll start on the elliptical, low impact, and just get blood flowing. And then I'll move to the treadmill, and I'll start running and just kind of loosen everything up. And then I'll go through a series of um, just kind of like plyometrics where I'm loosening up my hips and my shoulders um, and just, just becoming pliable. And then, then I'll get into my workout. Um, so I, t- I take about 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes to, to really loosen up. Yeah, and, and it's, it's very, it's very intentional what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know my weaknesses and, and what, what areas are, are more prone to get stiff. Um, but but it's, it's one of the aspects that people grossly overlook because you know they're either short on time or they don't see the value in it but it, it's part of the huge reason why I'm mostly injury free yeah. uh, people people are amazed what I put my body through and how I'm able to to not deal with with planners and and hip flex uh, you know hip flexion problems and sh- uh, shoulder issues and, and all of these things that that flare up on people IT ban is a huge one. IT and planners, those are the two biggest ones. And and if you look at the volume and the, the different type of things that I do, you would instantly assume that I suffer from these things all the time. But it's because it goes back to, to what I said earlier, doing small things consistently over a long period of time. It's paying attention to those details that's going to keep you injury-free. Um, and it's it's not it's not the magic pill and it's not the the big things that we do that make us successful it's the small details that are called the basics and the fundamentals um, I mean you take a guy like just any top athlete like uh, you follow MMA fighting yeah. I'm a huge fan of Conor McGregor Conor McGregor <laughs> right now I was a huge fan of GSP when he was in his prime and, and did his championship run and I mean you look at those guys and they're doing they're doing footwork and basics and fundamentals and more footwork and more basics and more fundamentals um, and it's that foundation that you build and, and people just overlook that and they want to do the big power lifts and yeah. you know without having properly warmed up or doing the smaller lifts or the, or the rotator cuffs or the hip flexor work or all the little fine tuning things that really impact like for example i'm getting ready for for some bigger races in europe this year i mean i'm doing um what, what i can what is considered the hardest iron, uh, extreme ironmans in the world i'm doing uh, uh, the kelp man in in scotland uh, oh, the following a, week it's a great name <laughs> yeah the, the following weekend i'm doing the swiss man in switzerland <laughs> um, th- those are both in, Ju- in june and then in august i'm doing the norseman in norway <laughs> and um and prior to that i'm going to be attempting to ride my mountain bike up mount kilimanjaro in march in I, africa i saw first we have to talk about that for a second because i saw that on instagram and i'm like i don't know if he's joking right now but with no, with, with you, you serious. never know. So, <laughs> no, I, I'm de- I'm dead serious. And then in May, I'm going to do a a 300k um, eight day stage race run with the Navy SEALs in Greece. Oh. Um, and so I've got a crazy, I've got an amazing crazy year set up. But but what I'm focusing on right now is those fundamentals, and I'm really putting a lot of attention into my Achilles and my calves and my hip flexors because all of these extreme Ironmans finish on mountaintops and and 
you know, it's, it's going to do me no good to go out and run on the flat, flat ground. Um, I'm, I'm going in the gym and I'm doing a two hour session on a stepper. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, a, a machine that people would go, Oh, that's, that's a chick machine. You know, girls do that. I'm going to go do a man. I'm going to go run like a man. And I'm like, dude, you go run like a man. I'm going to use the stepper over here. And then I'm going to blow by you at the summit of the mountain in Norway. And so, you know, it's, it's the little things that people aren't willing to do that, that breed success. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about uh, the Kilimanjaro event? Yeah, let's do it. Has anyone ever done that before? Are you going to be breaking ground here? Uh, there's a there's a couple of guys that have um, kind of uh, two that I'm aware of that hiked up, rode a little bit, and then hiked it up, and then rode it down. Okay. Um, and so so we believe that we have found a route, and uh, and we're attempting to be the first ones to ride all the way up and all the way down. <laughs> so I'm a, I mean when you're in like really low gear and you're just cranking it and you're barely going anywhere. I mean, are you are you breathing heavy then? I mean, I, I know the mountain's 19,000 feet, so at a certain point, it's going to be something you're not used to, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so Fazari is custom building a bike for me, um, uh, you know, that's got, we're doing a plus one tire that's kind of in between a, a mountain bike and a, and a fat tire, so it's going to give us a little little bit better suspension okay. and a little bit better clearance. We're going to go with a 27 and a half wheel, um, super small cassette on the front, a giant one on the back, uh, because we're going to have to have that that just really big gear, high cadence. Um, and then yeah, the, the elevation is going to be that's that's the hardest that's the hardest part. Um, how are you going? I mean, how are you only, training for that? Yeah, so I live at uh, 5,500 feet, uh-huh. um, which is huge advantages. Um, and then at any point in time, um, I can run up to about 11. Um, and, and so, obviously, it's snow covered right now. Um, I did some. I did. I did what I call some high altitude cardio today. I did some skiing. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, which is awesome. I was on the mountain today, um, and and as you know. Uh, we're doing it mid mid March, and so there's not going to be a lot of opportunity for me to get up into the mountains on yeah. on a bike. And so I'm going to do I'm going to do a lot of it with hiking and running. Uh, like I said, I can get up to probably 11,000 feet here in Utah, so massive advantage. Uh, but the guides that we're doing it with, they're super experienced. Um, they're going to take us up to a certain elevation, and then we'll we'll bike down into camp and spend the night there. Okay. And then we'll do we'll stair step it. Um, it's it's not something we're going to do in a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, you you can't rush altitude. Um, you know, like like you said, it's just below twenty thousand feet, and so um, I, I'm doing it for the adventure. And we're not in a hurry. Um, it, but it's, I mean, you go through four different climate zones. I mean, you go through rainforest and desert and, and we'll hit some snow. And so it's, it's just going to be a really cool thing to do. Um, and it's going to kick my year off and, and yeah, I'm, I'm just super pumped to do it. And, and I, I'm, I'm using a training mask right now that we has different settings on it. And so I can simulate, you know, almost up to 18,000 feet. Um, oh wow! So in 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 my in my garage, sitting at 5,500 feet, I can simulate you know close to the top of Kilimanjaro, and we'll we'll go from probably 1,700 or 17,000 to 20 in in that last day. Yeah. Go up to the top. Go up to the top. Come back down. But it's 
it's going to be slow going. It's going to be very deliberate. Um, and it's going to be an adventure, man. I'm super yeah. excited to do it. Mid March, um, so we'll go. We'll go climb Kilimanjaro, and then uh, right, right when I get home, um, my my book will release. Um, that's kind of an autobiography that tells about how I got to the point of even considering the 50, and then and then what the what the 50 looked like. Wow, I can't wait! I can't wait to follow that journey. That's going to be amazing. Um, in, in, yeah, speaking cool. of Kilimanjaro, my one of my best friends, Calvin Johansson, he he ended up running with you in Iowa, um, and okay. he he had a hilarious story. I think in Iowa you guys were doing like five mile laps or like six mile or something, and it on was the like bike? Uh, no, I'm sorry, running, uh, doing the marathon okay. portion, and I it, I guess it was a brutally hot day, just terrible humidity humidity like crazy just what you'd expect from iowa in the summer mason uh, city mason yeah. city iowa was yeah. awful yeah yeah and i never want to go back there <laughs> i'm from iowa originally i'm so <laughs> well then you know what i'm talking about because you don't live there now no 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 uh dude the the summers are just... unbelievably terrible there yeah they're brutal and uh, it was super windy too yeah he uh he ran 19 miles with you, and uh, he sat down on the curb, and you guys were, like, refueling, you know, getting ready for the, the last lap. You walked up, and you were like, hey, man, you ready to go? And he's like, you know, in his mind, he's doing the negative self-talk thing, right? <laughs> you know, I think I'm good with 19. And he said he just stared him down, and he was like, oh, you, never mind, good point. <laughs> Got up and finished it. <laughs> You know, it was it was always interesting, and and I, I did do it intentionally, and obviously I was completely out of it at that point in the journey. <laughs> I mean, I, Iowa was in; I, it had to be like forty three. Yeah, something, something like that. Um, I, I was completely out of it. But what was super cool is, um, and I didn't do it intentionally, and I don't say this to brag or anything, but um, it, it was awesome because people would come on the journey and they would come to do the marathon with me. And, and it, it happened every single day, 50 days in a row, every single day. Somebody that came and ran with me, they ran their first yeah. ever, ever marathon. And they were like, I came to run for only 10 miles or 13 miles or so. But then I, I watched you and you, you just wouldn't stop. And you had such a positive <laughs> attitude while you're running. They were like, I can't just run 13. I have to go. Like this guy's been doing this for 42 days. And he's going to go, He, I'm not going to let him go run by himself. And so it was really, really cool to see the support of, and how many people, and I'm telling you, it happened every single day, both on the bike and on the run, somebody biked their first century or ran their first marathon, and it was with me on that journey. And, and I think that's one of the things that I hold most valuable to me um, is those experiences that, that I was able to have with those people and that those people were able to have um, as their first either 100-mile bike ride or uh, or, or marathon run, and so I'm just, I'm just grateful that I was able to to spark that in some people, um, and to have them join me on, to me what was a very personal, very emotional, um, and very impactful journey for me and my family. I do want to talk about the ripple effect, and we'll kind of end with that. But yeah. the reason I brought up Calvin is because he had climbed Kilimanjaro before. But after following your journey in 2015, he set out on his own quest in 2016 and he ended up uh, last summer he climbed the 100 tallest mountains in the continental United States uh, in 100 oh, days awesome. and it was directly inspired because of the 50-50-50 uh, that is way cool I absolutely love hearing stories like that and 
and like you said, it is it is a, an intense ripple effect. And and you know, part of the reason why I do, you know, I got excited to do another year like this. Uh, nothing for me will ever top the 50, but to do to, to go racing, you know, cl- or try to climb Kilimanjaro on my bike, and to to do that the 300k, you know, run in Greece, and to have these extreme Ironmans in Scotland, Switzerland, and Norway. Um, it's because I keep getting these emails on a daily, weekly basis of these people that that do follow my journey or heard about it and have been inspired to go do something really cool like Calvin did. Yeah. Um, and it's like I, I just almost feel o- obligated to go, to go do it. And, and I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I have a ton of fun doing what I do, and it's turned into my life and my job, and, and it's, it's always been a passion of mine. And so I'm just extremely fortunate to be in a position that I am. But it's because I get these awesome stories of these people doing really cool things, and and obviously I'm not taking credit for that, but it's just a, it's just really cool that it, that it has had this type of – of ripple effect. I mean, then this year I get the opportunity to, to travel to different countries and speak to different groups. And it's just really opened up a whole new world for me. And then we run that, we run a whole triathlon group and the coaching platform. And, um, you know, team iron Cowboys is, is, is up and running right now. We're helping people become Ironman or run their very first 5k. And then we're, we're in development of doing just a, an entire new program of, of health and wellness and a six six week program where where we'll guarantee you lose some weight and, and we've got this nutrition program coming out and and we're building an entire members area for people to learn the mental side of things that that allowed me to propel and do these things and so it's just giving me this this incredible platform to to help people and to join forces with with communities and uh, it's just it's just been a ton of fun i'm having a blast and that ripple effect for me is has been the most gratifying portion of this whole thing yeah yeah thank you so much for coming on today where can we find more find out more about you or find your coaching platform yeah so teamironcowboy.com if you want to do a triathlon we've got five coaches we're super interactive um it's just a just a monthly membership um and we walk you through the entire process so if you've ever wanted to try a marathon half marathon full ironman half ironman anything in between um, we've got a we've got a plan that we can help you get through there. We also do some one-on-one coaching, but everything's through TeamIronCowboy.com. Um, my main website is just IronCowboy.com, um, and you can also follow me. I'm very active on um, Instagram and Facebook, and the handles on there are just uh, Instagram Iron Cowboy James and um, Facebook um, slash Iron Cowboy. Anything new and updating that we're doing goes on there. My book release is coming up. Um, I've got a special promotion coming up probably in the next week and a half. I'm going to be giving my documentary away if you pre-order the the book. We're going to do a limited print run of hardcover, and I'm going to be signing those ones. So basically you're going to get a free docu- uh, free documentary and a limited edition hardcover signed uh, book. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you didn't you hadn't known about the 50-50-50, and you want to learn more the documentaries fast like it's fantastic oh thank you man i appreciate that yeah so thanks james i don't want to take up too much more of your time so keep training and we'll uh, we'll keep following your story awesome man thanks everybody have a good night yeah bye all right thanks guys for tuning into the podcast thank you james that was amazing <laughs> i just talked to one of my heroes um and I took away so much 
just from sitting here listening to him. And I think the main thing I took away was his ideas about consistency and how consistency can help build up mental toughness. So mental toughness is a muscle, just like James said, and it's built by constantly winning what I call the don't give up battle. So you got to practice it, which means maybe putting yourself in tough situations, workouts that suck, deciding you're going to be uncomfortable, taking the hard route versus the easy route. This last weekend, I was in the middle of my long run, so 21 miles, and I was doing three loops around this plateau called North Table Mountain uh, near Golden, Colorado, right kind of west of Denver. And I finished loop number two, (laughs) and I was back in my car to refuel, which means shoving as much food in my mouth as possible. And I had the little sneaky little thought come in that was like, Chris, you know you could just go home now because 14 miles is a pretty damn good day. And I was tempted. That was like the most tempting offer I've had all week from my own brain. But I had to fight that temptation. And fighting that temptation is part of building that mental toughness muscle. Because the more you get used to taking the easy path, the more that easy path becomes the really the only path you ever take. And then that's the path you always take. So I decided to use that moment for what it probably was, which was a chance to work out that mental toughness muscle. A chance to take the hard, the hard road, not the easy road. And so I sucked it up, and I did, I did the path of most resistance, and I completed the third loop like I said I was going to. And I think that's what James means when he's talking about working out mental toughness, discipline, as a muscle. And so to help you out, and the Like a Bigfoot community out, I've coined a phrase for this weekly practice that I've been experimenting with in my own life. It's called Do Something You Hate Tuesday. Because let's be honest, Tuesdays suck. They're not, they're not the beginning of the week. They're not the end of the week. They're just there. What's the purpose of Tuesday? Well, the purpose is to do something you hate. Let's make Tuesday suck even more than it normally does. So, do you hate speed workouts? Guess what you'll be doing on Tuesday? You don't like to do burpees? You're gonna have to do some burpees. (laughs) Do you enjoy sleeping in? Well, Tuesday morning, your alarm is gonna go off at five. Congrats, it's Tuesday, you're gonna do something you hate. And the purpose is to step outside your comfort zone and really build this toughness, mental toughness muscle. So kind of the theme is get uncomfortable because sometimes being uncomfortable is good for you. And we spend all day seeking comfort, being comfortable, just never seeking out a little 
pain or misery. So I'm inviting you guys to join me for this absolutely terrible weekly event. And I want to encourage the community to share their own personalized Do Something You Hate Tuesdays with me and everybody else on our Facebook group, which is like a Bigfoot. Um, you could even, if you, don't, if you don't do Facebook, you can do Twitter or Instagram, just hashtag like a Bigfoot. And we can all experience the horribleness together. <laughs> It'll kind of be our accountability partners for stepping outside of our comfort zone. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, uh, like a Bigfoot, hit the little subscribe button, and they'll just pop up on your phone every week. And we'll bring you all these amazing guests. You can see our 19 other archived episodes, ranging everything from climbing mountains to movement and mobility, a 10-day silent meditation retreat, uh, world record in burpees, how to survive a 200-mile race, and much, much more. You can also find us on SoundCloud, and you can go to our website, www.likeabigfoot.com. As for the Iron Cowboy, James Lawrence, you can, you can actually hire him as a coach at www.teamironcowboy.com. I know having a coach is something I've been considering because I really just want to eliminate decision fatigue in my life, and having a coach means someone just tells me what to do and I do it. And I'm pretty confident that I'll do whatever they tell me to do. It's just difficult when you're constantly making decisions about what your workout's gonna be, how far you're running today, when's your rest days, all those decisions add up and they wear you out. So I've been throwing around and if I do get a coach, I guarantee you I'm going to utilize www.teamironcowboy.com. You can also find all of his updates at Iron Cowboy on Facebook and Iron Cowboy James on Instagram. If you haven't seen the movie, I know we said this already, but if you haven't seen it, I just rewatched it. It's awesome. It's called the Iron Cowboy documentary, the story of the 50-50-50, and it's on Vimeo. And I believe James mentioned a promotion he's going to do in the next couple weeks where if you buy or pre-order his book, you're going to get the documentary for free. So really check that out. That's a great deal. Um, and I guarantee you're going to take something away from that movie. As for me, this has been an, an unbelievable week. Um <laughs> I hope you guys keep tuning in. I, I'm going to keep bringing you great guests in my 2017, the year of spreading goodness. Thank you guys for Chris Ward and the Like a Bigfoot podcast. We'll catch you next week.